live from the ESPN 690 and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. If I'm DK Metcalf, and I feel like I'm a top five dude. Right. I don't want 20 million. I need right. what Devont I need to surpass Devontae and Tyreek Hill. And I'm DK Metcalf. Oh yeah, I know Tyreek Hill, I, I, he's getting 27, I think it is. I need 30. No, we are oh, oh, the conversation. We're not gonna happen. No, that's not happening. But yeah. that's part of the problem. Yeah. Is a guy like DK Metcalf, who you say I say empty stat guy, is not empty stats when you look at the body of work. Friends top 10. Let's leave it there. And then he fell off. Mm-hmm. You're not giving him as an organization $30 million, 120 over the next three years of fully guaranteed money. This, the next guy in line gets paid. He's the next guy in line to get paid. I assume that was Keyshawn? Yeah. He's not wrong. Welcome back to Action Sports with Jackson, ESPN 690. Austin Lane. Casey Kurtz pushing the buttons. Brett Martin will be back here in a little bit. Keyshawn Johnson's not wrong. Inflation is a thing. The the price point is a thing. But am I wrong to think that DK Metcalf deserves to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL, Casey? You ain't wrong to think that. Am I wrong to think that DK Metcalf arguably could be outside of the top five in NFL wide receivers. You ain't wrong to think that. Really? Okay, so I'm two for two right now. I mean, top five, you ain't wrong to think that. I can okay. come up with five guys. I mean, we, Adams. Yeah. Um, Cooper Cup. Yep. Tyree Kill. Yep. I Jamar mean, Chase. Are you taking Jamar Chase over? I mean, the, the, the numbers, yeah. Jamar Chase had a hell of a year. What about Justin Jefferson? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's five. So that's five off the dome. Yep. If you give me some more time. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, thank you very much. Hunter Renfro, not really, but, man, I like, I like me some Hunter Renfro. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel that. Feel that. <laughs> Ste- uh, okay, here's a good one. Ste- Stephon Diggs. Or are you taking DK? Uh, Stephon Diggs. I, I think it's comparable. I think it's very close. I think it's comparable. It's but, yeah, th- this is my point where you, you have a guy who's probably outside the top five in, in wide receiver talent but is talking like he should be getting, you know, the, 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 the highest money out of anybody. And to me, that is reserved for Devontae Adams or a guy like Tyree Kill because they have the resumes, they have the workload. Not to say that DK Metcalf can't be that guy because he has thrown together some pretty impressive seasons. But, like, uh, to me, the highlight that stuck out to me with DK Metcalf is number one is recovering from the interception that got thrown. He chased the guy down, which was very impressive. Yeah. He's a very fast individual for being that big. That's not fair. And number two, it's, it's always the home run ball, which you need because you think of Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has the home run ball as well. But as far as being a complete receiver, I'm not sure if he's that. I, I saw Jalen Ramsey a couple of times um, being able to shut DK Metcalf down. Do you think the Seahawks ship him? Or is, is it like he says he's going to be a staple in the Seahawks for, for years and years to come, and that's his goal? Yeah, it feels like they're keeping him. Uh, I probably would, especially if my quarterback was Drew Locke. Um, listen. Drew Locke's not very good, so you got to give him something to throw to, just an area, an idea, an opportunity. DK will go get it. If I'm Seattle, you have to keep him. Before we get into shock your mock here, I'm not sure if you've been uh, on Twitter and, and all the hearsay and stuff, but A.J. Brown put out a little bit of a cryptic tweet, um, mm-hmm. kind of the equivalent to uh, a Yannick Ngakwe checkered flag, if you will. No idea what he was talking about, but then all of a sudden fans are saying, oh, Titans are going to shop A.J. Brown. 
And immediately my ears perk up, just like Brandon Cooks yesterday, Casey, because you know how I feel about it. I think the Jaguars still need another wide receiver. Now, would the Tennessee Titans trade with the Jacksonville Jaguars? There's not a snowflakes chance in H-E double hockey sticks that's ever going to happen. But, man, it's fun to think about, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. With that being said, though, A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf. Who would you give up for? I'm saying if you, if you were to trade for somebody, if, if you if you were to make a number one receiver and make the, the sky a staple on your team, are you going Metcalf or are you going A.J. Brown? Keep in mind, former teammates in college, by the way. Yeah. Um, it's a great question. That's why you asked it. That's why I asked it. Uh, hey, I only asked the good ones, Casey. Yeah, I like A.J. Brown, man. You like A.J. Brown over D.K.? I think. I think. Okay. A.J. Brown's good. Like, here's the thing. We don't even know what A.J. Brown is yet. We know he's good. Well, we don't injuries, know how good he could yeah, be. Yeah, injuries have been a thing with A.J. Brown. Ryan Tannehill's been a thing. Ryan Tannehill's been a thing with A.J. Brown. And I think that – okay, so I'll say it like this. I think in terms of playmaking ability, in terms of the X factor, it's, it's Team D.K. Metcalf all day. Speed, size, I mean, he has that. But I think in terms of running the route tree – I think in terms of being able to go in the slot or whatever you need him to do, I think A.J. Brown's that guy. I would probably lean on the side more of D.K. Metcalf, and I'd probably give up more to get D.K. Metcalf, but A.J. Brown's close behind um, for sure. I just think A.J. Brown can do more things, but, man, it's – come on, it's D.K. Metcalf. Like, the, the guy's – the guy wears a nook in his mouth, and no one says anything about it, Casey. That's true. Not too many players can get away with that. That's a good call. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm, I'm advantage DK. You go at AJ Brown. I don't think any of those guys are getting shipped. Would you? Give, and there's the other rumor. Would you give up a first round pick for DK? Would you give up the number one overall pick for DK Metcalf? We've talked about it before on this show, but we never got your opinion about it. No. No, you're not. Not the number one pick. You're just gonna roll with it. I would have for Devonte Adams. Devonte Adams. Yeah, not DK. Tyree Kill. No. Just Devontae Adams. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I mean, number one pick, though, you know. I know. Well, hey, speaking of number one picks, you're not going to see a number one pick today on Shock Your Mock because we have a new submission. And now, I get it. Yesterday, was it a little dull? What Was it a little mundane? It might have been, right? I was trying to keep that heart rate down because, um, you know, th- this is UFC fight week for myself and Casey as well. We're going to cover it. Hopefully, going to go tomorrow and interview some, uh, some of the fighters. Yeah. Uh, might, say to, might, might see Dana White say what's up to him. You know what I'm saying? Okay, hey. Might say what's up to Dana White, you yeah, know what I'm saying? They're going to have a press problem in there when I see Dana White. That's I'm what I'm like, saying. Hey, hey. I'm gonna you Dana, see my boy? Hey, I'm going to go up to, hey, Dana, Austin Lane, ESPN 690, in case you better believe. I Bro, promise wear you. wear the belts. You're, the, yep, absolutely. And you better believe that when I see Dana White and I say, hey, Dana, how's it going? Austin Lane, ESPN 690. Going to look him dead in his eyes. Obviously, look down because I'm a little taller than he is. Yeah, a little bit. Hardest firmest handshake you're ever going to you like if you're like a, like a grandpa growing up who, who maybe you know served in a war or something like my grandpa did and he got back and he, he was weathered and he was an old school type of dude that guy shakes your hand with, with those blue collar hands you know it meant something mm-hmm. all right only guy i've ever feared in my entire life is my grandfather had the handshake of a of a bear trap you better believe when i see dana white tomorrow casey at this uh press mm-hmm. conference hey Handshake of a bear trap. That's all I'm going to say about that. And I'll be behind him drinking body armor. <laughs> drinking body armor. Let's go. <laughs> I don't know why There's, yet, but. No, it's all good, man. No worries about it. All right, so here we go. Hang on, what's this? Austin Lane can't talk smack about nobody's mock draft because yours yours always suck. My mock drafts? 
My, my mock draft? Is, is he called my mock draft sucking? Because we can go to my mock draft I posted last year, and we can see how those players turned out if you want to. What are we doing here? First of all, learn to spell, bro. Spell, spell the name right. You, you got to spell the name right you, if you're going to talk trash. You, you got to spell the name right. Okay, well, then, hey, what is, it's tomorrow. We're going to do a shock your mock double feature. We're, 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 we're going to show my mock draft that I had last year and see how those players turned out. Now, Pat Frymy was on that list. Sorry. Yeah. You know, because it's a little awkward now. But we're going to post it. Here's the thing I don't get about people. What you got? I'm a fried Jacob right now. Appreciate you listening, Jacob. His name is on the screen, bruh. You can see Austin Lane Casey on the screen, hard. and you have Casey the nerve works hard on this. to spell his name wrong. Casey works hard on this, everybody. You know, let's show him some respect. I mean, right? I mean, his name is on the screen, bro. He, he's not doing it for his health. Casey works super hard on that font. What is what, what is that, a Times New Roman 15, 16? You right better there? believe it is. Is that a 16? We only use Times New Roman. All right. That's what they give you first off the right, right off the rip. Yeah. We're, 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 we're already off to a bad start on Shocky Mock. I'm already in a horrible mood because some dude spelled my name wrong. I apologize to the, the next contestant because you're you're starting off hard now because I'm already ticked off. But go ahead and put on the on the, on the board here, Casey. Let's see what we're working with today. It's a special one. It's a new one. It's a fresh one. Um, and the first pick overall is gone. Bro, are we playing the song? <laughs> yeah, my bad. Play the song first and get it on the board. Okay. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear, and it absolutely will not stop, ever. I am shocked and appalled. I am shocked and chagrined, mortified and stupefied. So you tried to play GM and you started a mock. So I go to my boy Money Martin, I'll be popping the truck. We sell the mother, gonna shock your mock. Gonna suck 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 your mock. All right. And he said, Caleb on Chason, who was the guy I put, I could have swore I took Christian Barmore. But maybe I stand corrected. Could have swore Christian Barmore was the was the pickup that I selected over Caleb on Chason. But yeah, I picked Caleb on Chason. Jacob Rex, Christian Barmer. Anyways, let's get into this shock your mock. Do we have the guy's name? Oh, yeah. Met- Meta World Crazy. Meta World Crazy, here we go. Is this him? No, I don't think so. Like Meta World Peace? Oh, yeah. Whoa, I mean, what was that? What? Something was just out the window. You okay? I have no idea. Look to your left. There was just something right in front of the window that was big. I don't know what it was. I caught the passing. Oh, yeah. What we got? Okay, so to set the scene, outside the window right now, there's a dude. <laughs> what? Oh, he's, he's washing the windows. I thought it was a vulture or something. I thought it, yeah. yeah. So th- there's a guy washing our windows with like a giant squeegee. Freaked oh. me out. Thought it was a vulture. Already off to a horrible start. Off the rails on Shock Your Mock. That's what happens sometimes. Metal World crazy. Metal World peace. I get it. I like to play on words. Friend of the show. I feel like he's always chiming in on Twitter. Um... Let's get into this, Casey. And once again, the, the consensus of this year of Shock Your Mock is to try to give me the biggest headache of all time and to try to do math. You know math isn't my strong subject, but you traded. Okay. So first you traded with the Detroit Lions, and I'm sorry, if you're just listening to this and not watching this on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, 
Facebook, whatever. I apologize. It's super complicated, but here we go. The Jacksonville Jaguars played their trade their number one pick to the Detroit Lions for the second pick overall, the 32nd pick overall, and then the 34th pick overall. First question is, why would the Detroit Lions do all that? Right? Like, do they want Hutchinson, I guess, is what we're talking about here, Casey? I guess so, yeah. Oh, and, and by the way, the Jaguars traded away their 2024 pick in the first round as well. So the Jaguars traded mm. two first-round picks for two first-round picks mm. and a second-round pick with the, with the Lions. Okay, that's fine. Sure. So let's see who we get in the, in the second pick. Oh, hold up. Now we're trading again. We got back-to-back trades and haven't even selected anybody yet. Now we're that's trading. Terrible. Now we're trading with the New York Jets. We traded our second-round pick away. Um for okay hold up trade our second round pick away our second pick away for 197 198 222 235 and then we traded a first rounder in 2023 and in return we got the fourth pick and the tenth pick of the first round i already hate this draft we haven't even picked anybody yet and this draft is so hard to follow i i feel like i'm watching inception for the very first time and yeah, Inception ended up being good. Guess what? This mock draft, not going to end up being as good. I mean, let's just do whatever we want, Casey. Let's just trade 10 players away for two. Pl- what, what are we doing right now? I've like, never seen Inception, but I com- I'm completely hey, in a blender. Do you want to see my shocking mock right now? Let's go back in time like Bill and Ted. Let's go get Aaron Donald from Pitt, and let's go ahead and draft him this year. as the number one pick overall. That has a better chance of happening than what I'm seeing right now on my screen with all these trades. There is no way this is happening. Mm -hmm. So I'm already ticked off. Should be. All right. Round one. Pick number four. Okay. Well, Uh, I I mean, I can't can't be mad at this, though, right? No, I can't. Kayvon Thibodeau. All right. Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. And I'm not mad at this one. Now, Casey, by the way, this is the wrong draft, but it's okay. We're going to keep on rolling with this. This, this, this is one that you sent me. This isn't Meta World Crazy. But it's all good. Because we're going we're gonna to act like we've been there before. So, we got Kayvon Thibodeau. Pick number four. Now, I like this, right? Because you made my job a little easier in terms of, you know how I feel about him. You obviously listen to the show a lot. I'm not mad at this. This one, we can work with. We can win with. Casey's making a mistake right now because Casey knows any messed up. But it's okay, Casey. Right? Did you make a mistake? I did. I can get it fixed. Can you get it fixed real quick? Yeah. All right. So, Jay, let's, should we go to the break and reset? No, buy some time. All right, let's buy some time. All right, so let's go and break this guy's draft because it's really easy. Kayvon Thibodeau, pick number four. Yeah, I like it a lot. Jordan Davis, pick number 10. Now we're talking. Kayvon Thibodeau and Jordan Davis. If, 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 if this is the, the Doug Peterson intro right here to make his mark on, on the NFL, He's doing a fantastic job. Now, Trevor Lawrence probably a little upset, probably a little angry because, well, where are my weapons? But then that's where Sky Moore comes in. Now, Sky Moore, I'll be honest, Western Michigan, second round. I'm sorry, the last pick of the first round because we made 25 trades. Pick number 32, first round, Sky Moore. When I think of Western Michigan, Casey, what, what comes to your mind in Western Michigan in terms of wide receivers? Anybody? Uh, that guy that got drafted way too high that one time. Yep. Plays for New York Jets. Corey Davis. Is Sky Moore better than Corey Davis? I don't know. Okay, now if you look at the numbers, if you look at the intangibles of a Sky Moore, it's not too shabby. 
Okay, this is a guy who obviously coming from a smaller school had to make a name for himself, and he has done that. Uh, bring up the 40-yard dash time right now. We got Sky Moore coming in now. He's got two Ys in his name. I don't know how I feel about that. 4-4-140, right? Coming in at 5'10", 195, a guy that can kind of run every single route. I'm not mad at this. Three-year starter, decent athleticism. Comparison, though, makes me a little nervous, all right? And the comparison's not key. It's not uh, Corey Davis. It's Keyshawn Johnson. Now, I don't know how you feel about Keyshawn Johnson. Great on the radio. Right, making a name for himself in the radio. But in terms of everything else, I feel like this guy might be a little bit of a risk. Right, The, the, the small school wide receivers, especially their first year, they always scare me a little bit. Now, I'm not sure like how this draft turned out because this draft is absolutely chaos and all the trades that you made. But I would say overall, I feel like we can do a little better. Okay, and now we're back. <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. And now we're back with the real draft. Casey, you mind, you mind telling us about what happened real quick? Yeah, wrong screenshot. Okay. 100% put it up there. Um, I, I I remember a lot of trades in the beginning. I was like, this is the one I want. And then it turns out somebody else was also trading all the picks. So uh, we got more trades. It's all good. About. Can we go ahead and hit the off the rails button on yourself real quick, and then we'll move on? Uh, certainly, yeah. Thank you. Okay. So that was me buying time because that wasn't Meta World Crazy's mock draft. This is Meta World Crazy's mock draft. And guess what? This one's even worse. And that was well done. Thank you very much. I, I tried. I tried to buy some time. I had zero research done for that one. Now, we're in the real mock draft. And once again, it's trades upon trades upon trades upon trades. Uh, the Lions trade, whatever. You see the trades yourselves. Lions trade the top overall, or they trade the top overall pick, and the Jaguars get pick number 34. And if that wasn't good enough, then all of a sudden the Carolina Panthers thought, you know what, let's go ahead and move up to pick number two, uh, give up pick number six, and the Jaguars get... I don't know, uh, a second-round pick in 2023 and a second-round pick in 2024. Like, the, the, this isn't franchise mode, mock your draft, mock your shock your mock, whatever. This is just give me a, a mock draft that I can break down this year. I don't want to go in the future, okay? I'm not Marty McFly. I don't know what's going to happen in the future. But let's get into it. Pick number six, Javon Walker. I broke it down, okay? There's a lot of hype around him. I get he's got long arms. He's got a freakish 40-yard dash. Pick number six makes a little more sense than I think than pick number one. I would much rather take Thibodeau, but if Thibodeau's gone, you need an edge rusher, then so be it, Javon Walker. I'm not that bad at it. I'm not that mad at it. Pick number 33, round two now. Leo Chanel. Casey, go and hit the – just hit any kind of button because he's a Wisconsin Badger. Give it, give it to me. Yeah. What the heck was that? That's Brent. Th- that's Brent? Yeah. Give it to you again. Hit it one more time. Yay! Can I have some context, please? Yeah, he tried to cut a commercial. Uh, actually, your favorite one that we're running right now. Oh, yeah, the, the, uh, and he the messed shades. Up, he messed up four straight times. Okay. And so that was him when he finally got it right. Okay. Whoa, one one take Martin became four take Martin. Yeah, it was Interesting. Bad. Okay, okay, good to know, good to know. Good to have some ammunition, if you will. Leo Chanel, a guy we haven't heard a lot about in, in Shock Your Mock so far, but you're going to hear about him right now because I'm a big fan, okay? This guy reigns from Gradsburg, uh, Wisconsin. Now, you heard of Gradsburg, Wisconsin? Nope. Population 1,341, okay? So go ahead and hit the, hit the alert button because he's a small school guy coming out of high school. Blue collar, yeah. Blue collar kind of guy, all right? He had his last year in Wisconsin, eight sacks, 18 and a half tackles for loss, 115 tackles total, 6'3", 250. And guess what he jumped? 40 inches, okay? 
if, if there's going to be a, a white man can't jump part two, go and get Leo Chanel on that because the guy's jumping a, a, a 40-something-inch vertical and ran a 4-5. or five. In terms of what he brings to the table on the field, this is a guy who is your prototypical middle linebacker, right? Wow. Big, strong, gave Taylor Lindenbaum, by the way, watch the game against Iowa, gave Taylor Lindenbaum, this guy who we're talking mm-hmm. about, the center from Iowa, gave him Fitz Casey. Okay. In terms of the run game, there may be no better linebacker in terms of just playing with an intensity and playing downhill. And the thing about Wisconsin linebackers, whether it's outside linebackers or inside linebackers, in that Jim Leonard defense, it's an NFL-style defense, right? Because they, they run 3-4 hybrid, they run 4-3, they run 4-2-5, they run everything. So you got to like the fact that Leo Chanel is going to come in, probably not going to be the, the, the game caller, not going to be the play caller by any means, you know, that's going to be reserved for somebody else. But he's going to come in right away, I think, and be an impact. So I'm not mad at this pick. At pick number 33, it might be a little high. Um, I feel like you didn't have to trade to get that. You could have got him a little late down in the draft, but it is what it is. You got an impact player. You got a linebacker. I'm not mad at it. Now we got pick number 34 because we love doing trades on this show. We got Kenyon Green. Uh, Kenyon Green, don't get it twisted in terms of his, his productivity and what, what scouts say about him. Uh, A&M had a lot of injuries this year. He played offensive tackle a little bit. He is not an offensive tackle, and he'll be the first one to tell you that. I think Jimbo Fisher would be the first one to tell you that. This guy is strictly a guard, and when he plays guard, good things happen. When he plays tackle, turnstile. But when he plays guard, good things happen. Um, this is a guy who the NFL comparison, according to Zerline, is Richie Incognito. Now, hopefully it's just the playing abilities and not like, you know, the off-the-field kind of issues. But 6'4", 323 pounds, ran a 5'2'4". Who really cares about a 40-time when you're talking about offensive linemen? Guy plays with grit, determination, all those verbiages that, you know, scouts love to use in terms of their, their scout breakdowns. But you probably got a starter here. Or at least you got a guy that's going to compete um, for a starting spot, depending on what this offensive line is going to look like with Barch. If Juwan Taylor loses out, do you move him to guard? But you have a guy that's going to be in the rotation fighting for playing time right away. Not mad at that pick. Once again, a little high for my liking, I think, in round two at pick number 34. But due to all these trades, you do what you got to do. But I'm going to be honest. I want to see wide receiver, right? Trevor Lawrence is getting itchy a little bit. Trevor Lawrence needs a weapon. Leo Chanel can't catch passes. And Kenyon Green surely can't catch passes. Let's go to pick number 65. And now we're going to Justin Ross. Go and hit the Trent Bulky blue light special because Justin Ross coming off of uh, spine surgery. <laughs> this could be a Trevor Lawrence pick. This could be a Trent Bulky pick. There's a lot to like about Justin Ross, but if you draft him here, you're drafting him on what you think he's going to be and not what you know. His first two years at Clemson, dude tore the doors off, right? Was was probably going to be the next great Clemson receiver out of that university. All of a sudden, has some spine issues and has to have surgery. Sits out an entire year and then comes back this past season and, to be fair, wasn't himself. Now, played in an offense that didn't have Trevor Lawrence, played in an offense that was discombobulated at times and wasn't the traditional Clemson offense that we're used to seeing. So some of that has to be brought up in, in, in the light as well. But you talk about a guy who, you know in my opinion, is a giant question mark right now of what can he do at the next level? Is he completely healed? Are we going to get the Justin Ross from a couple years ago? Or is having spinal surgery going to set you back a little bit? I'm not a doctor. 
I don't know. All I know is that pick 65, the guy that you're bringing in here to be the future of your wide receiving core, that's supposed to be the, the Trevor Lawrence's, you know, go-to guy. I know Trevor Lawrence knows him, but what do we know about Justin Ross and his back? I'm not sure. This pick makes me nervous. Casey, your thoughts real quick. Yeah. Yeah? That's all you got? Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Pick number 70, round three. When we say round three, we better start getting some playmakers, better start getting some contributors, and you decide to go with Donovan West out of Arizona State, who is probably the most undersized center in the entire NFL draft, 6'3", 296, and that was at the combine when I'm sure he ate, I don't know, maybe five, six buckets of shrimp cocktail in Indianapolis, and he weighed at a 296. He's, he's undersized right now, and, and, and that's right up on him. Everything you read about Donovan West, undersized, undersized, undersized. Great footwork, okay. Um, has a good anchor. Yeah, okay, fine. But you can't weigh 296 pounds coming out of college and in the, in the pros, start day one, and expect to do something. You simply cannot do that. So you have to get him on those, that, that Ben Bartsch smoothie plan or whatever Ben Bartra is doing, but he's a little undersized. And when we talk about a guy in pick number 70 trying to replace Brandon Linder, I feel like you can go in other directions, and I feel like there's other needs right now possibly like interior defensive line, but let's, let's keep on going. Maybe maybe met a real crazy or something. I don't know. Pick number 106, Isaiah Likely. Kind of a dark horse, I feel like, in terms of the tight end class. Comes out of Coastal Carolina. Now, keep in mind, Isaiah Likely, I saw his pictures, did not have a mullet in the team picture. I would say 80% of Coastal Carolina players, for whatever reason, because they thought it was cool, had mullets in their pictures. Isaiah Likely did not. You, you got a question. Is he a team guy? Is he going to fit in the Doug Peterson locker room? Nevertheless, we talk about Isaiah Likely. He's a guy who's 6'4", 245 pounds, ran a 4.57. Everything that you read about Isaiah Likely, it's all the same. Not the strongest guy, but he's athletic and can catch the ball. And that's what the Jacksonville Jaguars need. We, we don't need any more Luke Farrells. We don't need any more... Um, Chris Manhurts, you know, we, we have a couple of those guys now, right, that, that are good run blockers. You got Evan Ingram, you got Dan Arnold. Let's add one more to Isaiah Likely. I'm not mad at this pick at round four. Round 40, you start taking gambles a little bit. Not going to be a starter, obviously, day one. Maybe he develops into that. Round four, okay, sounds great. Cordell Flott, pick 157. Name kind of sounds made up. He's a real guy. I looked him up. Casey, and, and people listening at home, I want you to close your eyes real quick. I want you to close your eyes and imagine Derrick Henry on a November afternoon in Tennessee. We'll say it's 40 degrees outside because it's Tennessee and sometimes it sucks there. And, and you're closing your eyes and Derrick Henry running to the sideline and there's a guy by the name of Cordell Flott, right? And I want you to close your eyes and imagine this. Unless they're driving, then just, just don't close your eyes. And I want you to imagine a guy that weighs 175 pounds and is six feet tall, is going one-on-one -on -one with Derrick Henry on the edge. And I want you to imagine that 170-pounder has to lower his head and try to stop Derrick Henry from making the Jacksonville Jaguars a highlight and, you know, another, um, uh, uh, another little stamp on the NFL Top 100 with Derrick Henry. Now open your eyes. What does that look like? I see the cart being driven on the field. What does that look like when a 170-pounder tries to take on Derrick Henry on the edge? That's how much Cardell Flott weighs. And then this isn't like pre This is the combat. This is 170 pounds. You showed up, six feet tall. Listen, Cardell Flott, speedster, I get it. Cardell Flott, athletic, 
I get it. Can play zone coverage? Sounds good. Comes from a pedigree of LSU cornerbacks? Great. The guy weighs 175 pounds. Once again, unless you get him on that Ben Bart smoothie thing today and tomorrow he weighs in at 200 pounds, dude, no, absolutely not. The, the, this team won three games last year. We, we, we can't be having luxury picks. That's a luxury pick right there. You're not going to trot out a 170-pound guy at, at corner and say, good luck to you. You got to develop him. You don't have the team right now to develop guys like this. Let's move on. Oh, what do you know? Pick 180. Finally got my defensive lineman. All right? It took us long enough. We, we made enough trades. Made a world crazy. But now here we are. Maquan McCall, Kentucky. Big dude. All right? This guy... I think he's 6'4", whatever, 340, something like that. Everything you read about him, it's the same. Space eater, okay? Casey, if you were coming out of the combine and people called you a space eater, take that as an insult. Because you know what it says? You yeah. can't get after the quarterback. Yeah. You, you, you're just there to take on double team. You're just in the way. And then that's what Marquand's doing here, right? This is strictly a guy who you bring in for the run game, who you bring in on goal line packages. Everything you read about him is the same. Can't get after the quarterback. Can't get after the quarterback. Can't get after the quarterback. Who is getting after the quarterback on this team interior right now? I mean, I, I guess Trevon Walker, because you might as well move him down if he weighs 270 pounds. So maybe him. Maybe move Smoot down, right? I, I, I mean, I guess, you know, Hamilton can do it. I don't know. Where are my interior guys to get after the quarterback? I, I don't see him here in this draft. I don't like it. Hassan Hankins. Uh, I'm sorry. Hassan Haskins. So be it, you know, uh, depth, running back play, pick 197, sixth round, sounds good. Percy Butler, pick 198. Uh, Luke Tenuta, pick 222, tackle out of Virginia Tech. And then Cameron Dicker, who I think is a kicker. I can't really tell because he cut him off, and this wasn't Casey's doing. This is how the, the, the mock draft was presented to us. Yeah. I think he's a kicker. I'm not sure, though, is he? I, I, what does I he say? So. I hope he's a kicker. Round off the whole thing. It rhymes if, it, if he is. So what do we learn about today? All right. First of all, longest shock your mock of all time, and it's all good. It is what it is. We, we, pre- we prevailed. We got through it. He we went on. Huh? He's he a kicker. kicker. Okay, yeah. thank you very much. But at the end of the day, way too many trades. How many impact players did we really get, and how many question marks do we really get? Javon Walker, okay, I'll give it to you at number six, impact player. Leo Chanel, impact player. Kenyon Green, a little high for my liking. Could be an impact player. But everybody else... Luxury. Justin Ross, Trent Bulky Blue Light Special because he got hurt. I get it, but we don't know. Donovan West, we don't know. You got to put some weight on. Isaiah Likely, okay. And Cordell Flott, to me, was the, I mean, 175 pounds trying to tackle Derrick Henry. It's not going to work. Long story short, Meta World Crazy, you have officially lived up to your name. We appreciate the submission. I can't co sign on it. I'm stressed. I'm sweating. I need to hydrate. I feel like Tiger Woods after 18 holes, okay? And I'm limping to the finish line. But we'll come back here after Shock and Mock. We'll have Brett Martineau back on. Let's reset. Let's regroup. Let's learn from this. Let's get better. And let's have a better Shock and Mock tomorrow, everybody. Enough of these trades. Or if you're going to trade, let it make sense. Like, why did Carolina trade that pick to get number two? I'm not sure. I mean, the, the pick for what, number six already? Yes. Is Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett that much of a commodity all of a sudden where they got to trade up to get him? No. Makes zero sense. Not when the Lions are already trading up. It, it makes zero sense. This is we're, we're living in a simulation, everybody, and everyone's treating this thing like Madden. I don't appreciate it. We're on ESPN 690. We'll get back.
This is the danger it's, of it's, the year-long retirement celebration. If the season had just ended and he had said, I'm retiring, and then changed his mind because of other circumstances, that's one thing. But when we had an entire year of saying goodbye to you, you cannot say, you know what, on second thought, I've changed my mind. I don't see him doing it. Mike Greenberg, ESPN. Yep. I kind of caught the tail end of that. Who's he talking about there, Casey? Coach K. You think Coach K is done? Like, like in, in, in the coaching capacity? Yeah, bro. Like he's, he's, he's done. With, he's, he's old. <laughs> I mean, he is old. He's done. He but like in the Team USA, everything, it's, it's, it's done. I think so. Do you think he comes back and Duke in some sort of, I don't know, like athletic director or something like that? Because I think of like what Wisconsin did with Barry Alvarez. You know, Barry Alvarez, legendary Wisconsin coach. Um, ended up becoming the athletic director and everything. Like, do you think they bring back Coach K in some capacity, or is maybe he just rides off in the sunset? No, nah, they'll find an office for him, like a corner office, and he'll give some title. Okay. Executive sports. All right. Yeah. Well, speaking of a guy who doesn't even have an office yet by oh, himself. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if that's the segue, I don't know what is. That's great. Joined once again by Brent Martineau. Brent, how are we doing, man? My office is my vehicle. <laughs> it's because you're a world warrior, man. That's right. Uh, always on the road. Uh, that's an interesting point. You, you said Barry Alvarez, and I think others have speculated, could Coach K even return, especially after losing to North Carolina, or does he feel like it's going to be in great shape, the program, when he leaves it? I think that's what these guys really want. I think that's what Coach K wants. I just don't see it happening here, man. I think Alvarez came back, and you know this better. Didn't he come back to kind of rescue Wisconsin? Weren't they in some – they just had some – uh, maybe their AD had gone, or maybe there was an issue with the AD, and and so it almost felt like, hey, we need something back here that that represents Wisconsin, and I get the sense that they almost begged them. And he also wasn't 74 years old, you know. So yeah, sure. I don't see it happen. I think Shashevsky says, hey, listen, uh, this has been a great life, the way I've lived it. I, everything's been centered around me. I'm going to go spend time with the grandkids, my wife, and uh, I'm done. Yeah, I mean it's. <sighs> That's what I see happening, but I, I mean, I don't know, Brent. Like, there's just, I feel like coaches like that, especially like legendary coaches like Coach K, I mean, I feel like it never leaves you. Like, I mean, is this the guy that can just hang at home, you know, with, with the family and just, you know, turn it off? Maybe. I, I just I just feel like there, he's always going to be around the game in, in some sort of capacity. Like, he, he's made it his life. Now, maybe I'm completely wrong here. I mean, you know, we talk about a guy like Tom Brady, who obviously still has a lot of years to go to catch up with Coach K in terms of age, but a guy in Tom Brady who, you know, was at home for a little bit, but obviously the game of football still means that much to him where he felt the need to come back. I don't know if it's going to be in a big capacity, but, like, I don't think this is the end of Coach K. Like, I think we're going to see Coach K pop up, not necessarily in a coaching realm by any means, but whether it's, like, some kind of analyst gig, whether it's just some sort of ambassador liaison for Duke, but I think we see Coach K pop up again. Yeah, he might do something like that. That's something that's like 25 hours a week or 20 yeah. hours a week. We've seen Spurrier do it. You know, I don't understand why these guys can't say goodbye and just go play golf. And But it, it must be harder to do than we all think it is because a lot of people do it, like just in everyday life. They, mm -hmm. they retire, and then they're like, I'm bored. I'm going to do something. So it's not just guys that have millions of dollars and have won a lot of games. I think Bobby Bowden's the interesting case, right, because he had always said he was almost afraid to retire because uh, Bear Bryant passed away soon after he got out of football. Mm -hmm. And I I think the way it worked out for Bobby Bowden is, listen, he got to play a lot of golf. He, he, he did a lot of speaking engagements, did a lot of things. He lived a nice life after he got off the sidelines at Florida State until his recent passing. And so I think maybe that is a, an indicator that um, you don't have to stay in it 
and, until the very, very, very end. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, I thought that was kind of cool to see. I, I think these guys stay on way too long. I mean, that's a tough lifestyle, man. Coaching is a tough lifestyle. And uh, I know that's all they know, but uh, go chill out a little bit. I think he earned it yeah. uh, to that degree. Tiger Woods, someday we'll uh, just chill out a little bit. Obviously, the big story in the sports world, dominating story up at Augusta National. Rainy day at Augusta National. Very stormy right now uh, in Georgia. And so uh, basically around 11 o'clock, guys, everybody, well, maybe closer to 11.30, the horns went off, and I happened to be in, like, the gift shop. I was ready to buy you guys everything, and oh, we, we got kicked out of the gift shop, and that was it, <laughs> closed for the day. So it looks like you're getting nothing. How does that, okay, I mean, I mean like, I'll, I, I still have, like, the, the, the pin that you got me. I, I, I'm okay with that. I think Casey just uh, blew a gasket in terms of rage. But, um... How's that going to work then for like the, the practice rounds? Is it just, you know, it is what it is. If you can get, get to go out there, you don't go out there. And then it's like yeah. this is usual. I mean, yeah, the, I think, the, uh, they're not going to, like, delay this or anything. No, no. I think what what happened today is I think most players, remember now, it's a smaller field. So 91 guys, if they wanted to go out there, I bet they practiced this morning uh, mostly. And Tiger was out there this morning. And so I didn't sense, like, this crowd that was leaving around 1130 noontime. There were a big, it was a big crowd off the premises. And I think they knew they weren't coming back. But I think they got to see Tiger at least on the range in the short game. And I think a lot of players knew the storms were rolling in. So they were going to get their work done early anyway. Keep in mind, those guys get up really early, want to be out there as, as early as possible. So um, I just think it's a washout kind of afternoon at the uh, at the Masters, and, and that's it. And then we'll see. Now, we've got to juggle a couple of storms and some cooler weather coming in. But mm -hmm. I don't think weather's going to be a problem from, like, a delay standpoint. Maybe a little bit here or there, but not, like, long periods like we just lived through at the Players' Championship. It's not going to be anything like that. But today was a bad day. I mean, it was it's big storms, like tornado warnings and... Uh, I mean, it was heavy rain, so uh, everybody off the premises this afternoon. Uh, one other note, you know, we talk about, I, I tweet this out a little bit, and Austin, I'm not sure how you're aware, much you're, you're aware of this, the, the prices of the, um, like, concession food there. Oh, yeah, we, uh, it, we we talked about it a little bit yesterday on the show. We did. We're breaking yeah, it we down. Did. So, and it's unbelievable, right? I mean, and, and then somebody said on Twitter today, it was like, why doesn't everybody do this? And I said, well, if everybody had a gift shop that the average person probably spent $500 in, they might do that. Yeah, sure, you know? sure. Not, yeah. Every, not every venue has that. And then somebody else was, and I don't know if this is true, but somebody said the first-time person going to that gift shop will spend an average of $2,000. Wow. $2,000. That's insane. One other, one other note, uh, and this will hurt people if they're going later in the week and they're listening here in Jacksonville and beyond. We hope you are. Uh, the ice cream sandwich, the Georgia peach ice cream sandwich that is a staple, um, is not going to be there this year because of uh, supply chain issues. Oof. You hate to see that. Well, That's the hard-hitting stuff. Here how, oh, no, I, I appreciate it. How much like is, is like the, the average ticket to get into Augusta? That's a good call, man, and I should Because I feel that like that probably balances out the prices of, you know, like the sandwiches and everything, too. Hey, Even man, if it's expensive, you know, I don't know. Casey might know this more than me. I was trying to explain this to some people the other day, and I don't really have a great feel for it. There's a couple of things going on. I think you can get some tickets, but there's a big lottery system that happens for, for the Masters. Like a lot of people put their name in just for the ability to buy a ticket. It's not like a lottery system like, hey, uh, put your name in and we'll give two free tickets away. No, you have to go into the lottery system, and if you're fortunate enough, you'll be able to purchase tickets on whatever said day that you get it. I don't know, and Casey might, I don't know about the secondary market in terms of tickets. So I don't have a good feel of what it costs 
get in. And over the years, even since I've been going, uh, but a really, if you go back from, let's just say, 20 years ago, when Tiger went back-to-back compared to now, uh, you are, they allow a lot more spectators in yeah. to Augusta National. They've really changed a lot of things at Augusta National. They've kept some of the traditions, but they have certainly opened it up. They obviously show a lot more TV than they did in the past as well. And so um, there's more opportunity for fans to go now than ever before, really. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Casey, do you know how much a ticket would cost? Yeah, so here's what I can tell you. It is extremely hard to get them. It is a lottery situation. That is correct. And if you get in the lottery, it's not um, it, it's not super expensive. Like, you wouldn't be mind-blown from it. Okay. Uh, I will tell you this. Resale right now, which, by the way, you're not supposed to resale. If you get the no, lottery yeah. and they catch you reselling, you're done forever. But hmm. I can tell you that if you want to buy a ticket right now for Thursday, there's four of them, one, two, three, four, on Ticketmaster. Uh, the floor is going to be $6,303, and the top is going to be $17,290. <sighs> really? So it, you're not getting in unless you get the lottery for lack of a – I mean, yeah. unless you got the wow. cash. I didn't know it would be that much for Thursday. Is And I wonder how much that's inflated because of now Tiger, right? Uh, because this is a special one now that he's coming back and he's playing, and you just never know how long and how many there will be. But uh, the buzz around Tiger probably inflates that price. But I, that's uh, 6000 bucks for four tickets, so we're talking $1,500 a ticket, which is actually what I told my buddy. I said I bet it's probably about $1,200, $1,500 a ticket. So I guess that was in the ballpark. Whew, that's pretty pricey, man. So, Brent, you, you teased it a little bit, um, you know, but when you left here the, the last time, you said that Tiger Woods, no way he's going to have a chance to win here um, at the Masters. Yeah, you know, like, listen, I love Tiger. Even when he was down in the dumps, I thought he would come back and win someday. He's such a supreme talent. And watching him play, by the way, like, if you didn't know all the backstory, you're like, hey, it looks pretty good, you know, swinging it pretty good. I just have a hard – it's a 508-day layoff. Austin, you know this very well, right? Uh, and probably more so in MMA than even in the football world. Yeah. But it's a different animal, man, once, you, once you're going for real, right? Yeah. I mean, you can feel great sparring. You can feel great going in. You can, but sometimes it's just a different animal. And if, if you hadn't fought for three years, say, because I'm trying to kind of – it's not three years for Tiger, but you get the point. Um, you, get, you fight so intermittently anyway. It's a little different. But uh, if you hadn't fought for that long, I mean, I, I don't care if you thought you were in your best shape, all this stuff. I think there would be still this next level to get to. And so for me, I just don't think Tiger has a chance here. He's got a deep field. He's got people that are in form. Uh, he's got players that, quite frankly, are better than him. <laughs> they really are. They're better than him. And so I think Tiger can play well. I think Tiger can make the cut even here. But I just don't think he's going to be a threat to win the golf tournament on Sunday. And I have not allowed my mind to get there. I can't imagine it's going to happen. I mean, like, I understand in terms of, you know, if, if you've been out and you got some rust on you, I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to overcome that. And I think Tiger Woods could definitely have that. But, like, in terms of the, the, the playing field, in terms of the preparation you know, and like not having played so long, like, w do we really know like how much he's been playing? Like, maybe he has been playing golf. Now, not obviously like on the tournament level, not on the PGA Tour level, but one would think like in terms of practice, like he's been out there. Now you can't mimic, you know, playing in a real tournament, but can you really mimic if you're any kind of player playing at the Masters? I feel like it's like a different animal in terms of what it means and and just how hard that course is. So when we talk about a golf course that's as hard as Augusta, I mean, does that almost kind of 
help the playing field out a little bit in Tiger Woods' eyes where it's like, okay, yeah, these players have been playing a little longer in tournaments and everything, but this course is just a different animal altogether. Yeah, I think, uh, by the way, I think the course knowledge helps him a lot, right? And that's his comfortability there, all that helps him probably play pretty well, probably not be too rusty. And I think what he said today was really interesting to me is that he actually said, hey, golf game's fine. Like, if you listen to his, his sound today from, from talking to the media, he basically was like, my golf game's fine, which I didn't think he would let on to that. I thought he'd be like, well, we'll see, you know, okay, is it tournament ready? But I think he knows what the comeback feels like now with this golf game, so he knows what it should look like. Fred Couple said he drove it beautifully yesterday. And, again, we watched his short game. It's still about making putts, right, making putts with a, a little anxiety on the line and the, and the uh, blood running through you a little bit. I mean, the crowd, so... Again, I just think tournament golf is different. He might be playing well down there at Medalist where he plays in Jupiter, but it's totally different shooting 65 there on a Saturday afternoon than it is shooting 67 or 68 a few days at the Masters at Augusta National. Are we doing golf picks tomorrow, I assume, gentlemen? Golf picks are tomorrow. Golf picks are tomorrow. Okay, I'm gonna start yeah. doing my research and tonight then, because it means that much more. You better. By the way, you got not you got odds out there. You have nine nah. players. I don't, I don't need I odds. Like Travon Walker. I just want to add this to you for football at five. Travon Walker is like the second highest odds to go number one overall now. So uh, there's that. And if you're looking for a topic, we have this article on ESPN690.com right now. Did you see they're going to go to electronic signals in Major League Baseball for the pitcher and the catcher? Huh. How about that? It's not, it, you don't have to do it, but you can do it. Technology changing uh, in the big leagues. All right, well, you guys take it from Yeah, me. we're going to break some of that stuff down next year on ESPN 690. All right, have a good one. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.